This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. I'm Cassandra Baldini with Financial Standard. Today's episode is brought to you by MFS Investment Management. We're back again with MFS Portfolio Manager Nick Paul to talk more about investing in global small and mid caps. Nick, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show again. Yeah, hi, Cassandra. Nice, nice to be here. Nice to see you again. Well, I'm just going to jump straight into the first question. How have benchmark concentrations changed today and why is that an issue? Great question. <laughs> and I think of, of, of all the questions that we addressed uh, during our last podcast, and we'll, we'll see how this podcast goes, but that might be the most important question because we have seen a, a dramatic change in cap-weighted benchmarks, particularly over the, the last decade. And I think it's, it's really important for investors to understand these changes and the potential impact on their portfolios. And essentially what I mean by that is if you went back 10 years ago and you looked at global standard benchmarks, so the MISCI all-country world or just the MISCI world benchmark, developed market world benchmark, and you looked at the allocation to small and mid-cap stocks in those benchmarks a decade ago. And when I say allocation to small and mid-cap, sort of looking at companies 30 billion and below in U.S. dollar market caps, which is sort of the definition of the upper range of, of mid-cap to today. So if you went back just 10 years ago and looked at companies 30 billion and below in global standard benchmarks, they were close to half of the benchmark. So if you were investing with a manager who was benchmarked to the all-country world index or the MSCI world index, um, or if you were buying specifically those, those benchmarks, you probably got a fair amount of exposure to, to small and mid-cap stocks by default. Fast forward to today, and that exposure to, to small and mid-cap has essentially been cut in half. So if you look again at sort of those, those uh, companies, 30 billion and below, it's, it's 20, 25% today of the benchmarks, where again, it was close to 50% just a, a decade ago. So why? What's, what's changed? Uh, I think we all know the, the answer there, and we touched on it during our last podcast. It was just, it's, it's been the rise of the, the mega cap technology companies, particularly within the U.S. And again, we touched on it last time, um, but as index providers developed these benchmarks decades ago, the intentions of diversification and the benefits of diversification were clearly there, but they did not have sort of the, the, the foresight, nor, nor did anyone else, to, uh, to, 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 to picture what would happen if companies got to trillion dollar, two trillion dollar companies. So said differently, like we said last time, you know, no one ever envisioned a two trillion dollar phone company or a trillion dollar e-commerce company when these benchmarks were developed. So it's really left a significant gap in investors' portfolios today, whether they know it or not, because again, these mega cap technology companies have become just such big parts of the benchmark overall. That's really interesting. I mean, looking over the long term then, how have small and mid caps performed relative to large caps? Well, over the long term, small and mid cap stocks have outperformed their large cap counterparts. Now, important to understand within that, that long-term performance is when small and mid-cap stocks typically outperform their large-cap counterparts and when they may underperform their large-cap counterparts. 
And this is also very, very important for investors to understand. So what we've seen historically, and this will come as no surprise to, to any of the listeners, is that in difficult market environments, small cap and mid cap stocks have underperformed their large cap counterparts. So in, in big down markets, small and mid cap stocks have, have typically, there, there has been more volatility there, more downside relative to large caps. Conversely, in big up markets and in rising markets, that's really where small and mid caps have shined. They've, they've significantly outperformed their large cap counterparts. But here's, here's the thing, is if you look over time historically, that underperformance in difficult market environments, it, it really pales in comparison to the upside that small and mid cap stocks have provided in up markets. So we get the question a lot around, is it a good time to invest in small and mid cap stocks? Hard landing, soft landing, no landing. I'm not sure what the answer is. I wish I, I knew and I wish I could share it with you. I'm not sure what the answer is. But with small and mid cap stocks, it's, it's really about being in the market versus trying to time the market. You're never going to time the market perfectly. What you want to do is you want to be in the market through full market cycles. If you can withstand the volatility in down markets, as you come out of those down markets, as you come out of recessions, historically, small and mid-cap stocks have rewarded investors for that patience. Right. Okay. Well, there's been quite the macroeconomic cloud that's hung over the market, obviously, um, over the last you know 12 months. Mm -hmm. And just looking at that inflation and interest rates today yeah. compared to previous cycles, what can we expect from this asset class? Yeah, that's another interesting, interesting point. So where, where I would never try to, to time markets, I do find it interesting that, so if you went back again, historically over time, I talked about small and mid cap stocks have, have outperformed the large cap counterparts. Now, that has not been a straight line higher, right? That, that relative performance will ebb and flow over time. There will be periods of time where small and mid outperform. There will be points in time where large cap stocks outperform. If you went back to the, 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 the last period where you really saw a sustained period of outperformance for, for small and mid cap stocks, that was the period sort of just post the, the, the dot-com bubble um, up until the global financial crisis. So broadly speaking, think sort of 2000 up through the end of, of 2007. That was the last period where we saw a sustained period of outperformance by small and mid. Now, there have been periods since then when small, again, it ebbs and flows. Small and mid has outperformed large. Large has outperformed small and mid. But this was a sustained period of outperformance. And if you go back to that period, there's a number of similarities that you can draw or parallels to the environment today. Now, you know, it, it's not a perfect comparison. No two periods are, are perfectly alike. But it gets back to your question around inflation and interest rates. So over that seven or eight year period post the dot-com era up until the global financial crisis, if you looked at uh, global inflation, it was close to 4% global inflation. If you looked from an interest rate standpoint and you looked at 10-year treasury rates within the U.S., they averaged about 4.7%. So 10-year treasury rates were averaging 4.7%. Global inflation over that period averaged close to 4%. To me, that looks and feels a lot more like what we're staring at over the next five to 10 years and, and kind of where we find ourselves today versus a world of zero inflation and zero interest rates, which was the environment for the decade 
post the global financial crisis up until the, the, the global pandemic. And it was also a period where you had to go back, uh, you know, basically 20 years to find valuations in the small and mid cap asset class as attractive on a relative basis as they are today relative to large caps. And it was also a period where large cap benchmarks had become very, very concentrated. And that bubble burst and small and mid cap stocks were there to step in and really perform strongly. So I think there's a lot of similarities, but from an interest rate and an inflationary standpoint, directionally different, sure. But you'd have to go back to that period kind of from 2000 to 2007 to find a a similar uh, environment. And that was one where small and mid cap stocks did very, very well. Okay. Well, taking that into consideration and let's face it, inflation and high interest rates seem to be sticking around for a little longer. How will this impact small and mid cap companies? Yeah, well, I I think, you know, higher inflation, higher interest rates are going to impact all companies, right? Certainly they're going to have a a bigger impact on small and mid cap companies where you will tend to find more leverage business models where uh, companies may have less access to to capital or liquidity. So you have to to, to consider that. Um, But I think that brings us back to where we started our first conversation during our last podcast. What gets me excited as an active manager um, is the opportunity in small and mid. Um, So so taking an active approach and taking into consideration balance sheets, access to capital, liquidity is going to be more important maybe maybe in, in, in the small and mid cap space than large cap. But I think that the, our approach to, to the small and mid-cap asset class, those types of considerations are, are front of mind every day in, in every investment that we, we make. So, look, it will have an impact um, on, on small and mid, um, but I do think that, you know, with good active management, with fundamental research, hopefully you're ava- able to avoid some of those pitfalls that you might otherwise encounter by just buying the broad index of 8,000 names where, let's face it, if you've got 8,000 names out there, there's probably a lot of not great companies, but if you can identify the great businesses, I think you'll be fine in, in a higher inflation, higher interest rate environment. And then the other thing I'll, I will say is just kind of, again, I'll come back to 10-year treasuries today are 4.6, 4.7. Um, inflation, at least within the U.S., is again, kind of right around 4%. I think that's healthy. That's okay. You know, we don't have to live in a world where we're not going back to a world of zero inflation and zero interest rates. That's more the normal than what we experienced over ten over the last 10 years. Well, let me just ask the obvious question then. Is now a good time to invest? I think if you're taking a long-term view and if you come to the realization that markets are over the very short-term random and incredibly, if not impossible to time, and you take into consideration, like we talked about previously, the performance, the relative performance of small and mid-cap in down markets, the relative performance of small and mid-cap in big up markets relative to large cap, and over time, the underperformance in down markets significantly less than the outperformance that they provided in big up markets, I think it's less about timing and it's more about time in the market. So it, it's, it's, it's anybody's guess, you know, again, hard landing, soft landing, has the market bottomed? Is there more downside to come? I don't know. But I do know that historically, if you've invested in the asset class and taken a long-term view, typically you've, you've been rewarded for that. All about that long-term. All about the long-term. It's always about the long-term. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing those insights. Great. Well, thank you for having me again. It was nice to be here and uh, it was great seeing you again. Thank you. 
We've been talking to Nick Paul from MFS Investment Management, the sponsor of today's episode. Join us again next week to hear from MFS Portfolio Manager, Michael Grossman, who sits down with Financial Standards Managing Editor, Jamie Williamson, to dive a little bit deeper into the small to mid-cap universe. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice.